Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are, are you going to be one of these folks now? We're no longer going to see the President of the United States outside with a mask on? It's a patriotic responsibility, for God's sake. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. During the campaign, you pledged to reunite hundreds of children who yes. have been separated from uh, their parents by the previous administration. And we're trying like hell to figure out what happened. It's almost like being a sleuth. And we're still continuing to try like hell to find out where they are. If you say that kids are too young to know whether or not they are trans, then that means that kids are too young to know whether or not they are cis. It's two sides of the same coin, baby. Don't call me baby, dude. Or ma'am. Or zer. Uh, or no pronoun. Just uh, leave me alone. Hello, hello, hello. Great day, great weekend. We had a blast. Hope you had a blast at your house. It is today. For us, it's Sunday night. This is Orthodox Serbian Orthodox Easter, so Alice is in a very good mood. Went to church today down in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and then from there right to Boy Scouts where you did the Pinewood Derby, where our son's car... Which is uh, modeled after a wedge of cheese. It's a good-looking car, I gotta say, Alice. I always saw other kids have good-looking cars. It's a good-looking car, and I like your strategy. You, you know, you, you've got it. It's a wedge of Swiss cheese, so it's got holes in it. It's just how you cheat and make it uh, lighter. You want the car to be heavier, though, in Pinewood Derby. My Thank Pinewood you. Derby aficionados out there know this: that you want to be as close as possible to five ounces, which is the legal weight limit. So we have tungsten weights in our block of cheese. Oh, but this is, by the way, the, the noise you're hearing is Cyril Shattuck, who today is a Serbian um, Orthodox Easter. So they've got six and a half tons of candy downstairs. They also have a, a big spread of food on a new bar we have, including mm-hmm. juices and salsas, etc. And they have two giant TVs to look at stuff and machines to play with down there, and all the world in in, in distractions down there as well. Which is why, precisely the moment I said we're live to Alice, he arrived in this studio to uh, harass us. Mm-hmm. So now we're paying him off. This is uh, paying the um, the ransom to the pirate. He's got the phone now. Cyril, can you take that and go downstairs, possibly? No. There you go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I won't respond as I usually would if I weren't recording. But that is fine. Okay. So, okay, we'll get the... First of all, it's been a, it's a weird weekend. This weekend, if you watch any of the Sunday shows, was a total analysis of the, the uh, pending legislation, policy issues, wonky stuff. You know, how are you going to pay for infrastructure? Is it going to be, uh, you know, uh, paid for by the debt, uh, deficit spending, 
or is this, are we going to jack up taxes for everybody? Shoot the corporate tax rate up to thirty one or thirty two percent? Will that will that uh, res, uh, result in an exodus of companies who will just say, "All right, see you, I'm out of here." And, you know, what will that do? There's all sorts of stuff going on right now. This is mm-hmm. the, like D.C. swamp politics happening. And, uh, you know, the, the, some some of the stuff sounds good. You know, so first of all, it, it's, it's interesting how this works. One of the ways to – one of the ways that they want to raise money to, to pay for the infrastructure is user fees. Mm-hmm. Mileage so, taxes. Mileage taxes, et cetera. And, you know, there's no mileage tax yet on electric vehicles. Right. And so I think that's something that we could look at. And we'll just see if the we have to make an exception for uh, moral reasons because they're saving the planet mm-hmm. or not. But that, that's something that we could certainly certainly do. Um, I mean, the isn't the purest form the toll? Isn't the purest form of like usage tax on roads toll roads? Right, and also I don't I don't know that it would be regressive at this point because the people with electric cars are generally doing pretty well. Right at this moment. Right, yeah, jack it up on them because they technically aren't paying their fair share. If we're paying for roads through gas taxes, right? If it's a fairness thing, whatever. I'm not pro tax, uh, uh, certainly, and especially not in Massachusetts where we squander like the most money on roads of almost. And I think mm-hmm. we're like the second highest uh, per mile spending on our roads in the country, and we have terrible roads. So, yeah, no, I mean we saw <laughs> we learned firsthand, Alice. Last week, mm-hmm. why we have terrible roads. Did we? How did we... We have a new bar in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. Without naming the town or even the part of Massachusetts where this happened, we acquired a bar from a business that is closing. Mm-hmm. It's a huge bar with a granite... Counter, with the yep, it's like a big mahogany Edwardian yes, it's thing. It's like 800 yeah. pounds. The thing is ridiculous. So tell the people how we got, me and you, mm-hmm. how we got that bar put in the back of a dented, <laughs> barely running, old uh, Dodge Caravan. Burnt orange, by the way. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I want to apologize because I doubted you. This was your plan, mm-hmm. and I doubted this plan, and I was really mad about it at the time, and I was wrong because your plan worked miraculously. What do you mean miraculously? <laughs> There's no way it wasn't going to work. <laughs> Which, so, we showed up at this place with our burnt orange minivan with all the seats folded down, and... First of all, they didn't believe us that it would fit in the car, and they were very skeptical that we could get it out of the car, but Tom goes, okay, so there's a bank machine right behind here, right? And he runs over to the bank machine, he gets $100 out of the bank machine, and goes over to the road crew that's working on the roads in this town, and says, hey, can any of you guys help us lift this thing? And like seven guys- Not help us lift. No, they they just lifted it. That's true. So- like seven guys just took a break from working on the road their- and came over <laughs> yeah. and carried the bar and put it in our minivan. With their orange vests, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely happy. They, they lifted the thing. They yeah, they swore at each other in several mm-hmm. languages. Probably three of them now have a disability claim from work because <laughs> they threw their backs out carrying but, it. And they were they were good guys. They took mm-hmm. their money. I have I'm all for every part of that. You know, they did a little. Uh, they made a little cottage industry moment, and mm-hmm. uh, and obviously it worked for us. Those guys did the heavy lifting. They were happy to blow off work where they were just standing around anyway. I figured I was going to probably find some young dudes hanging out, and I figured I'd tell them, hey, guys, mm-hmm. can you lift this thing 20 feet into this minivan? But the moment I saw the road crew, I thought, these these are my guys. There's no doubt. <laughs> and there they came, you know? So- yeah, so they got their drinking money for the night, and we got our bar, yes. which stayed in our minivan, destroying the suspension for another couple days while we figured out what to do to get it from the car into our house. And so we then... Um, unscrewed the granite countertop from the main part of the bar, which Tom and I were able to get the main part of the bar into the house on our own, and then 
Tom again hired a neighbor off Facebook to help us and our two other neighbors lift the top together. Because of lack of road crews. But that's one of the reasons, just a, a, just a snapshot <laughs> into why Massachusetts roads uh, are so damn expensive per mile. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all too happy to uh, farm themselves out for independent contractor work <laughs> while on the dime. And lunch again, these are the thanks guys. In Town X, that's awesome. I appreciate it, and it was some good old. It was fashioned, awesome. You're all invited over for drinks good old at the fashioned um, Sports Bar. Black market capitalism happening, which mm-hmm. we love always, always. And it's a way. I mean, my feeling to stick it to the state a little bit. Okay, so so that that's the thing with this the infrastructure plan. I mean, it is just a huge wish list plan. This. A lot of this stuff in there, they're probably going to have to separate it out more and do it more piecemeal if they really want some of this stuff. Because mm-hmm. Republicans do like infrastructure, too. It is a kind of a middle yeah. ground. Thinking. But if they tie, but if, if Biden ties every other social safety net to it, then it's not going to... Well, and the thing is that we're now dealing with play money. I mean, you see the inflation, we see the inflation. Everyone is seeing the prices go up, whether it's at mm-hmm. the grocery store or in housing prices or in construction materials. Like... The used cars are going through used the roof. cars. I mean, everything. It's wild, the the inflation that we're seeing right now. And that's after we spent, I forget what the total is, what, like $6 trillion from the stimulus bills over the last year. So now Biden wants to spend another $6 trillion right now for, like, no particularly urgent reason. And, I mean, you can make the case that it was worth it, this stimulus stuff, because of COVID, because they trashed the economy for no reason because of COVID. So, like, if you're going to make people's jobs illegal, then you're going to have to take care of them somehow, right? So, um, you know, I think that it was justified in that sense. But we're seeing now what's happening to the economy. And anyone who thinks there's not inflationary pressure right mm-hmm. now is delusional. And the idea that we're going to just dump another you know, it, more than the entire national debt into the economy mm-hmm. now... It, yeah. I, it's really mind blowing to me. And I've seen people on the left saying like, this is great. COVID has, you know, cured us of listening to these deficit hawks that are always naysaying and saying we can't just spend whatever money we want. Ha ha. And I'm like, uh, do you not see any kind of problem here? Do you not see anything weird happening? But, you know, this is where we are now. So we're going to have, if we, if we give it our blessing for this, we're giving it, going to give it our blessing for the Green New Deal. We're going to give it our blessing mm-hmm. for... I saw an article making a case this week for a $40 minimum wage. Yeah. In a serious publication. You know, well, a $15 minimum wage is all well and good, but that's not really entry into the middle class. And, you know, as things stand, that could be the, you know, bottom floor wage. Not through legislation. But just, yeah. But because now businesses cannot find help. Hospitality can't find help. Um, retail, food mm-hmm. service, you know, restaurants cannot get help anymore because people are making a good living being on the dole. Right. And I see people on the left, too, like gloating about this, like, oh, what that really means is businesses would just rather close than pay a living wage. Ha ha. Sucks to be that. Like, so they're happy about that. They would rather right. people not work and businesses be closed than have people make less money than some arbitrary figure that they've decided on in their head. And, uh, you know, we're we're going to be in trouble because the only places that can afford to pay crazy salaries are, you know, huge corporations. This is and and the huge corporations have shown where they are politically. So mm-hmm. this is not, you know, team Republican when we talk about huge corporations by any means anymore. So speaking of huge corporations, mm-hmm. once once again, I just want to celebrate victories. Certainly getting that bar into our house is a victory. Mm-hmm. A bar that didn't cost any money. Of course, we had to grease a few palms. Fine. Yeah. Um, Total one hundred and forty dollars in one suspension on the minivan. Right <laughs> today in um, at Walmart, I made purchase of the floor model flat screen TV for mm-hmm. behind the bar, which was heavily discounted. Also a win. Fantastic. I want to celebrate these wins. I want to mm-hmm. hear your wins too. Feel free to email us at burnbarrelpodcast at gmail dot com mm-hmm. uh, or just DM. Anytime you've gotten one over on the man, I want to hear that. There was a famous time, personally as well, where I got a, an extra free twenty dollar bill out of an ATM at, at a bank machine in Beacon Hill, wow. which is a, just a great day, great day. Whenever you can get one over, 
That is excellent, excellent, excellent. Mm. All right. Uh, Joe Biden had an interview with Craig Melvin. This is a few days old, but it's, it was a really good interview. Craig Melvin with, with, the, with NBC. The Today Show is NBC, right? Yes, it is. Matt Lauer. That's right. Um, I don't know what Craig Melvin's politics are, but he got good answers out of Biden. It's probably – it wasn't a great look for Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if when you listen to this these cuts, you'll notice that they're, they're, they are edited. This might be because they're promo cuts that were put on the internet, and maybe the full version is out there. I hope it's not to save Biden's bacon. But um, let's start right away with something Biden said that's been picked up by certain conservatives that is pretty damn cynical. CDC guidance this week about outdoor mask wearing. Yeah. A lot of folks excited that they can now shed these masks if they've been double vaccinated. Alice Shattuck uh, flaunting the system or flouting the system. Which one is it? You flout laws. You, you flouted the law mm-hmm. this weekend, and you can see that on her Twitter. As she did not wear a mask, though local town ordinance said she needed to. Mm-hmm. She was a scofflaw. I have uh, passed your name and information on <laughs> to local authorities. I expect Good. a uh, reward. Um, are, are you going to be one of these folks now? Are we no longer going to see the president of the United States outside with a mask on? Sure. Sure. I mean, but what I'm going to do, though, when, because the likelihood of my being able to be outside and people not come up to me <laughs> is not very, very high. So it's like, look, you and I took our masks off when I came in because look at the distance we are. But if we were, in fact, sitting there talking to one another close, I'd have my mask on and I might you'd have a mask, even though we've both been vaccinated. And so it's it's, it's a small precaution to take that has a profound impact. It's- does it have a profound impact? Jen, not that much once Jen Pasaki told us last week that that's not what has the impact. The impact are localities and areas. It's not people emulating stars. It's people in communities. It's a patriotic responsibility, for God's sake. It's making sure that your wife, your children, your, if, you're, if in, in fact they haven't been vaccinated, making sure that they're not going to get sick. I remember getting the patriotic, Biden saying ta- taxes were patriotic 10 years ago <laughs> or whatever. And that is actually, the guys at the commentary magazine made a good observation. That's a really cynical thing. That's a big judgment call at you, on you. Mm-hmm. You're not patriotic if you don't have your mask on. It's, you know, you're not, you're lesser than. You're not contributing to society. You're pushing the boulder downhill if you're not doing it. I mean, to call somebody unpatriotic means not involved in, in the effort that is this country. It's right. like a, it's like it's a it's a vicious slur to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that people who don't wear masks also feel that they're patriotic. Yeah, because they're. But you don't go around labeling people unpatriotic. I don't just label them a freaking uh, pedophile while you're at it. While you're <laughs> at it. I mean, it's it's such a like it's a it's a it's a how, like how dare you make that kind of judgment based on this, which is just performative at this point. Right. You do it. Why? Well, I can't tell you why. Because you're a patriot is why you do it. Then, okay. <laughs> if not, you're not a patriot. That's why I've deemed that you're not a patriot. It's like shut up. Freaking old creep! Really, it's so it's it's that kind of. I mean, that's just an old go-to for him because he's that kind of politician. He's a cynical, mean, negative politician. He always has been. Mm -hmm. Don't buy this Uncle Joe crap. If you all you have to do is you know take a deep dive in YouTube into Joe Biden's past, the way he conducts himself, the way he acted on with uh, Clarence Thomas, for instance, in Mm -hmm. those trials. The guy is a vicious, opportunist, dirtbag politician. That's where he comes from. Now, there are these kind of guys on both sides. It's something that has happened. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is this is just ugly politics. It's ugly. And you, I know it's done in a way that seems more presidential than when Trump was calling people horse face. But it's the same kind of thing. It's ugliness. And, and it shouldn't you shouldn't accept this just because you're on your team. So that's the patriotic stuff. It's just it's creepy. Uh, and then uh, he went got to the border crisis, which, which in this case is simply a a passing the buck. Uh, the buck does not stop with Joe Biden. Now is is what's happening at the southern border? Is it a crisis? It is getting urgent action now. For example, a month ago, we had thousands of young kids in custody in places they shouldn't be and controlled by the border patrol we have now cut that down dramatically here look here's what happened craig 
the failure to have a real transition. The two departments that didn't. Yep, to a real transition. That's what happened. No, no, no. You had a transition. You transitioned our border from being closed to porous. You stopped adjudicating these cases while, uh, you know, over on the other side of the border. We're doing here now. You undid all the Trump stuff is what you did because that was the theme of your presidency, the un-Trump. People didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted for un-not Trump. That's what they voted for. And so you stepped in it because you and your know-it-alls assumed everything would fall into place because the good guys won. And we are the smartest people in D.C. And we know where all the uh, bodies are buried around here. We know what building is what. And we know how to use the levers of government. The last guy was a fool who didn't know. Now normalcy is back and we're going to show you how competent we are. Well, they are. This is normalcy. This is uh, precisely, you know, what what happens in Washington, D.C. Ham-handed, bone-headed bureaucrats make stupid moves. And this is what you did. Because the symbol, symbolism, uh, the, uh, the imagery of, of, uh, of, you know, undoing what Trump did is the most important thing. Once again, just like Barack Obama, Barack Obama was president, this is the marketing administration. Marketing mm-hmm. and PR and promotions, that's what it is. So symbolism is just as important as anything else. And that's why the marketing department writes speeches that include social justice themes all over the place and woke phrases here and there. And you adopt all this idiocy. And that's what we've got. What was the crisis, else? What happened down there? Oh, uh, your third child was trapped in his dress shirt from Easter. He couldn't get it off. Oh, he was trapped in his shirt? Yeah. So he had no pants on and just the shirt on, and he was stuck in it screaming because he didn't undo any buttons to try and take it off. So Too proud of him to speak, I got to tell you. No, is there, was there somebody else trapped in clothes? <laughs> now this guy, the little one, is now fighting with the dog over, over something. Over the spot on the sofa. He's going to... Dave's going to bite him. Hey. Out. Stop it, Dave. What is going on here? But back to Biden and the border. You give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the Defense Department. So we didn't find out. They had fired a whole lot of people. They had fired a whole lot of people. We didn't know. It was we under control. Know. We didn't know. How weak sauce is this, too? Mm-hmm. How weak sauce? God, he's such a Washington hack. That they were understaffed considerably. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, Apprehended at the border. It's a 20 year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That's a, that, that's a record. That sounds to most folks like a crisis. <laughs> well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. For example, sure, have, it's a record, but it's way down. Plan for which it comes every year, this flow, whether it's 22,000 or 10,000. They didn't have the beds that were available. They didn't plan for the overflow. They didn't plan for the Department of Health and Human Services to have places to take the kid from from the uh, border patrol and put, put them in beds where there's security and there were people that could take care of them. So there's a significant change right now. Significant change in the circumstance for children coming to and at the border. Just getting a little video of the dog <laughs> fighting with a child over couch space. I'll upload this um, to the burn barrel. <clears throat> so, Alice, it was, uh, there was no plan. Yeah, the Trump administration didn't plan for the Biden administration's incompetency and their invitation to the whole world <laughs> to come join us in America. So, uh, I- Uh-oh, we get knocked out? Did you get knocked out? Some of the animals or some of the people just... This is one of those days with the heavy presence uh, of... Uh, the heavy presence of uh, interlopers. Uh, or, well, I guess technically there are kids and pets. But um, so that is that. So now, listen to this. If you thought that was bad, Melvin asked him, well, what about the kids? You said you were going to reunite kids. What's going on with those kids? Remember, mm-hmm. that was the huge uh, priority is that, you know, from day one, we're going to get in there and we're going to get mm-hmm. those kids back with their parents. During the campaign, you pledged to reunite hundreds of children who yes. have been separated from uh, their parents by the previous administration. According to our reporting, in, in your first 100 days, not one child's been reunited. Ooh, how, not a big how, number. how is that? I, I, I don't think that's true, but that could be. <laughs> well, we ha- <laughs> but it could be. Yeah, could be, Tribe. I don't think it's true, but I maybe. Don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, can I see what you have? Then I'll make my determination. What we have done is we have, re- we have united children 
with their families as they've come across the border. But one of the things is we don't know yet where those kids are. And we're trying <laughs> oh, to figure out what happened. It's almost like being a sleuth. And we're still continuing to try like hell to find out where they are. You've said to, 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 to my he says, wait a second. We're supposed to be united. We have the kids, don't we? Yeah. So sorry, why don't we he, know where they are? I think he means where we, their parents wait, no, are. Did we misplace them? That's not or what he said. maybe we put them in foster care or something, and okay. now we don't know. Like, Well, that seems like it's problematic <laughs> to me. That seems to me that's a new crisis. We've lost the kids. <laughs> well, I think they'd say that happened under Trump. I mean, I think that was like part of the thing with Trump, too, is they didn't know where yeah. all the, I, the cameras pulled down again. I've lost my... That's okay. Just, just, <gasps> it it's can just... not meant to be. <laughs> Hi, Cyril. Okay. Don't come. You said don't come. You're very clear. Or would you tell parents in, in, in Central America and Mexico, don't send your kids? Absolutely. And look, here's the deal. Absolutely. Now we do it. Mm. Before that, it was come surge to the border. Everybody, come on. Come on. Trump's a jerk. I'm the nice guy. Everybody, come on. So don't send your kids. That's the message. Do not send your kids. Period. They're most, they're in jeopardy going, making that thousand mile trek. And so what we're doing now is we're going back to those countries in question where most of us coming from and saying, look, you can apply from your country. You don't have to make this trek. Right. And we're going to those countries and having conversations uh, directly related to those kids who we can't find. About immigration. He did not lay out a concrete plan with dealing with the surge of migrants, especially at the border. And that's your task. That's a job that he has handed you. So can you be specific with immediate plans that you will have in facing this issue? So, Robin, what he mentioned is that I am responsible for and, and, and have been taking on the responsibility of dealing with the root causes of migration. Well, but the root causes, Biden says he can't find the kids. Maybe that's what we should remember. Kids in cages, both the kids and the cages were in Texas. Now the kids apparently are nowhere to be found. The cages still remain in Texas. What is the solution, Kamala Harris? There are also long-standing issues that um, are often called the root causes of immigration. We are looking at the issue of poverty and the lack, therefore, of economic opportunities, the issue of extreme weather conditions uh, and the lack of climate adaptation, as well as corruption and the lack of good governance, and violence against women, indigenous people, LGBTQ people and Afro descendants. Great. That's great. How about the kids missing from the cages where the president just said he can't find them <laughs> on national television, which apparently isn't a thing to anybody? No, no, nothing to see. The other thing I thought was interesting is him using the word sleuth. I love the word sleuth, but it's very of a certain era. I learned that word because that's the name of the Hardy Boys speedboat. Right, but you know, I want to hear that again because that is absolutely ridiculous that that he actually said these words in a row, <laughs> and it's not incredibly breaking news. Ticker if tape. Trump said it, During you the know campaign, what it is. You pledge to reunite hundreds of children who yes. have been separated from uh, their parents by the previous administration. According to our reporting, in, in your first 100 days, not one child's been reunited. I don't how, think that. How is that? I, I don't think that's true, but that could be. What we have done is we have, we have united children with their families as they've come across the border. But one what does that mean? It means that they haven't practiced the family separation the way the Trump administration did. So the kids were coming with their families. They come with the families and we, we say, hey, uh, Bill, I want you to meet your parents who you just came here with. <laughs> yep. We're reuniting you. Mm -hmm. One of the things is we don't know yet where those kids are. And we're trying like hell to figure out what happened. It's almost like being a sleuth. Biden, we don't know where the kids are. There should be impaneled, you know, uh, experts and, and uh, you know, the advocates from wall to wall on every cable TV show. Mm -hmm. And we're still continuing to try like hell to find out where they are. You've said to, 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 to migrants, don't come. You said don't come. You're very clear. Or would you tell parents in, in, in Central America and Mexico, don't send your kids? Absolutely. And look, here's the deal. So don't send your kids. That's the message. Do not send your kids, period. 
they're most they're in jeopardy going making that thousand mile trek and so what we're doing now is we're going back to those countries in question where most of us coming from and saying look you can apply from your country you don't have to make this trek yeah you don't have to we're gonna have kamala fix lgbtq rights in honduras so you don't have to come here after all uh, that's fine. Okay, it doesn't matter. You know what? There shouldn't be any more kids in the world. Anyway, you know what? Before we get to this, uh, one more thing. Joe Biden, remember, in the first 100 days, we're going to have uh-huh. kids, schools open, kids back in schools, first 100 mm-hmm. days, doses, all that stuff, kids back in schools. Kids in K-12 through schools obviously are not going to be able to, to get the vaccine by the fall. Should all schools in this country be open this fall for five-day-a-week five in-person learning regardless? This they- fall? And it's a question? <laughs> Based on the science and the CDC, they should probably all be open. There's not probably. overwhelming evidence that there's much of a transmission among these people, young people. That's great. So like I was saying, we shouldn't be having any kids anyway. There's a movement on in Europe called Rebellion of One. Uh, in this- it's part of Extinction Rebellion, which has staged a bunch of these protests of like die-ins. And okay. they're like based on Occupy. They do stuff all over. They're, they sound these- like winners. <laughs> They so are. here's one lady. This is her, imp- her her impassioned plea to you so that you'll understand uh, what we've done to the planet and that we cannot keep propagating as a uh, society, as a civilization, because it is uh, an immoral uh, in- endeavor. Since I was a teenager, what I wanted to be when I grew up was a mother. Along with other things, I wanted to be the Prime Minister, I wanted to cure cancer, but I wanted to be a mother, specifically mother to a football team and a sub's worth of children. I've had this vision of having a happy, glowing family and would live somewhere wonderful, probably by the coast, and would be really happy all together as a beautiful family unit. I was on a megabus in 2018 going up country when I read headlines, which were based on the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's 2018 report. Um, and it was pretty damning. Um, suddenly I realized that if I'd given birth to a child since I was 18 oh, years old, what I wanted you to be when I grew up was a mother. No, it's just Along starting other things, oh. I wanted to be the Prime Minister, That's I wanted perfect. to cure cancer, but I wanted to be a mother. Specifically, mother to a football team and a sub's worth of children. I've had this vision of having a happy, glowing family and would live somewhere wonderful, probably by the coast, and would be really happy all together as a beautiful family unit. I was on a megabus in 2018 going up country when I read headlines which were based on the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's 2018 report. Um, And it was pretty damning. Um, Suddenly I realised that if I'd given birth... So in 2018 she read something. Mm -hmm. A magazine headline. To try a child that day that I was reading these headlines. My child would have been in year seven by the time we reached these tipping points. And these tipping points are going to be ecosystem collapse, food shortages, floods, areas of our beautiful coastal home enveloped by the ocean. And I realised that I couldn't possibly raise a child in that world. I couldn't raise my football team in a sub and bring them into this world that wasn't going to have the same opportunity as I had, where even food was going to be a struggle. I'm taking part in the rebellion of one because I'm grieving children that I will not conceive. Alice, thoughts? Um, I think maybe you should handle one struggle at a time. So, like, have you ever heard that story of, like... What does that mean? Well, thoughts on what she's saying. She's not going to have kids because this world is going to end in seven, now five years. Right. And it's the end of days. Right. So there's, like, this sort of folktale about a person who, like goes down into the basement to get something and like doesn't come back and the family goes to look for them and they're sitting down there in the basement crying and they're all like why are you crying and they're like well there's like this axe stuck in the beam of the ceiling in the basement and I just thought like what if it fell on one of us and we died and I just got to thinking about it and crying it's like that it's like you're getting all upset about this like hypothetical thing that somebody wrote about in a newspaper headline that's not true that they've been predicting it for ages and you're going to decide whether or not you're going to make important life decisions like whether or not you have kids on the basis of this like made up nonsense it's so crazy to me it's just as crazy as the story you know like 
oh, like, what if the axe fell on one of us and we died? Now I can't bring kids into a world like this. Like, what if the Earth, our seaside home that I don't own, like, maybe focus on getting a job and buying the seaside home before you worry about it getting flooded by climate change? Because plenty of people who believe in climate change are, or tell us they believe in climate change are still buying oceanfront property. I can tell you that. So, the. You know, I, I don't think that it's going anywhere anytime soon. You are so missing the point. Sorry, what's the point? So missing it. This is wonderful. I don't want her having a sub <laughs> full of kids, a football team, a beautiful family. I don't want her procreating. I don't want little hers in the world. This is great. This is great. I am absolutely all for this, uh, ma'am, uh, whoever you are. Absolutely. Do not procreate. Be afraid. And uh, you know what? Tuck yourself away somewhere and uh, make no plans, buy no green bananas, <laughs> because you're going to be dead in five years. And keep going around saying that. That's a, the very fun thing. But yes, don't have kids. Definitely. I don't want more jerks to, you know, be, what is it called when you have Joseph begot, begat? Begotten? Uh, I don't want people begatting Begetting? more people like them. That's fantastic. I say cheers to you, rebellion of one woman. Uh, you're making the right decision. <laughs> I am all damn for it. And now, Alice, I'm going to have to ha have a mea culpa okay, with you. Okay. We have, I have a new policy position. All right. So for years, as a young lad in, uh, you know, let's say 1978 or, you know, in the 80s. Okay. There was a man named Bruce Jenner who was an Olympic gold medalist mm -hmm. who was everywhere. He was on Wheaties. He'd do special guest spots here and there, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He was the man at the time. And then he went into absolute obscurity. Right. He'd do Olympics coverage, mm -hmm. but then he was, you know, gone. You know, he was a really 1970s thing. Okay. Kind of like Ty and Randy, who you don't know, probably. Yeah, no, I don't know. Or, uh, right, Tracy Austin. You don't know her, right? Okay. Nope. So these, are, these are people. Dorothy Hamill. Peggy, I do know Dorothy Hamill. Peggy Fleming. Because uh, Peggy Fleming sounds vaguely familiar, okay, but I could have She's not a it. skater. They, they, I know about the Dorothy Hamill wedge hairstyle. That's okay. why I know that. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so these people had their time. Okay. And then suddenly, uh, out of nowhere, the, the OJ's lawyer friend had a daughter mm -hmm. who did a porn tape who was hanging out with Paris Hilton and so then we had the world of the Kardashians come back and then Bruce Jenner's back and <laughs> okay. he's a little odd he's mm -hmm. like he's an odd fella like really interested in the intimate lives of the daughters around it's fine it's whatever seems like he wants to be famous and you know and then he goes away and changes and now he's Caitlyn Jenner and reborn as this a woman, I'm told, mm -hmm. which is fine. And so I, I thought like ten years ago, before the Caden Jenner stuff, I thought like I, I never used to watch it. I have a relative who's big into Kim Kardashian being beautiful, okay. and so I would see it here and there and be like, man, Bruce Jenner's a creep these days. Fine, whatever. So uh, and then the the accident happened, and then this whole attention getting thing and. Him on Vogue or whatever, and people said, you have to like it or else you're a transphobe. Like, no, 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 no. Now, hold that. Stick a pin in that. Okay. And let's play. TMZ just caught up to well, Caitlyn Jenner, who is now running for governor because mm -hmm. there is a recall election happening. Gavin Newsom mm -hmm. is going to be involved in a recall election. Running for governor as a Republican. As a Republican, correct. A TMZ asks Bruce Jenner a question. Hi, Caitlin. So Sorry, there's Caitlin Jenner question. Hi, Caitlin. So there's legislation in various states to ban biological boys who are trans from playing girls' sports in school. What's your opinion on that? This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girl sports in our but, but, but if someone transitions and now identifies as a girl, isn't it delegitimizing their identity to prevent Have a them? good day. God bless Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> this is my favorite Republican next to Ron DeSantis in this country now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It just isn't fair, he says. 
You know, yeah, I'm getting like this oracle harder. of absolute, just simple common sense from a man who is in a dress now, you know, is is making the most sense on an issue, which this man, I think, knows something about. Right. Uh, having been a bit of an athlete himself, and this it's saying, no, it's not fair. We have to protect girls. Damn right. Good for him saying that. I will clean that up since it's now, Easter. Now, let the record show that uh, Caitlyn Jenner has taken the opposite position on this in the past. And this was pointed out by liberals who don't like Caitlyn Jenner's new position on the issue. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think Jenner's trying to now, like, pick up this more Republican vibe. And, you know, has now officially seemingly taken a stronger stance against this than uh, well, South Dakota's it- Governor Christy Noem, who was, like, a Republican darling a short time ago. I'm not totally convinced of uh, Caitlyn Jenner's mental stability. Yeah, I don't care. But- that right there was a, a rare, sane statement by somebody looking to be an elected official. Mm-hmm. That's true, especially in California. And unqualified. It right. was, yes, uh, it was in maybe, I don't know that Caitlyn Jenner knows what he's doing, what she's doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, politically. But it could be, I mean, you're looking for a plurality, right, to win. Right. Could be, there are a lot of Republicans in California still. Mm-hmm. It could be that, you know, it's going to go to that trough. You know, it can 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 mm-hmm. can this candidate straddle? You know, being I mean, the rule is you better vote for the trans candidate right now in most liberal states. Yeah, but I think they're now saying that. I mean, definitely, there's a lot of outcry about Caitlyn Jenner saying this on the left. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, she could even be pushed into uh, backtracking on this easily because. You know, I've I've seen Jenner do that before. Not maybe the most, like, tough, like, sticks to their positions type of person. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. It'd be interesting if Caitlyn Jenner, who used to be Bruce Jenner, becomes, like, a big political figure now. I... Well, you watch then, Alice. Remember mm-hmm. right now, if you did anything but celebrate the Vogue cover right. or People Magazine, you needed to celebrate it. You couldn't just say it was fine. Mm-hmm. You had to celebrate it. Then you were a hater and needed to be canceled. If you say anything at all that's a derogatory about a trans person, a newsmaker, a national figure, then it is f- curtains for you in your job. Right. It is interesting to see what happens if Caitlyn Jenner becomes a bigger name Republican with some conservative principles. It'll be interesting to see what happens when people like Jimmy Kimmel get a hold of her. And right. Well, they're trying to focus on the accident because that's like not obviously directly related to the trans. So the accident's a thing now. Yeah, the accident is back to being a thing. We ne- Nobody talked about it while Caitlyn Jenner was transitioning and was all that. And we talked about how gorgeous she was and all the outfits. And nobody was allowed to notice that Caitlyn Jenner still looked just like Bruce Jenner, but in a dress and like all that stuff. You know, it. Uh, in a way, I almost kind of like that uh, Caitlyn Jenner still exactly has Bruce Jenner's voice. And, like, puts on absolutely no airs towards, like, a feminine voice. There is something uh, puts the lotion in the basket about the voice, though. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But there's not really, like, much pretension towards a female voice. No. It's like you you hear Caitlyn Jenner talking, you're just like, oh, it's just Bruce Jenner still. But, um, which I almost, it's almost, like, just more, it's, I feel like it's almost to stick it. Like, I don't have to pretend to be anything. Like, screw you. I'll just, yeah. I'll wear a dress if I want and I'll talk how I want. And, like, you can take it or leave it, which I almost respect more than some of the other stuff that you see out there. But I don't, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, I'm not entirely convinced of Jenner's mental stability because there's been a lot of crazy coming out of that whole family in general. Like, nothing about Jenner in particular necessarily is worse than anyone else in the family, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? <laughs> it's interesting times. It's I don't like, know what I can't think of anything offhand that would make you think that Jenner's unstable, and you know, and I don't <laughs> like you saying that. Okay, uh, one of the barometers mm-hmm. that I use now, Alice, to test exactly where the country is and where our youths are, the Zillennials. Mm-hmm is TikTok, which I enjoy. Right. I just talked to your uh, sister about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, was it your sister? Yeah, I think so. She no. was here. Or was it our next-door neighbor? I don't know. 
forgot which one. Anyway, I was just talking to a woman. They're about the same age, I think, right? Aren't they? Oh, Maybe ten years off. Really? This is all crucial, important stuff to be having for content. <laughs> anyway, it is TikTok. TikTok is what I use for uh, just to 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 put my um, thumb in the air, Alice. Mm -hmm. Whatever you know what I mean. Just shut up. <laughs> God, talk, idiot. Man, making fun of Caitlyn Jenner's talking. It's like just make a point, Tom. <sighs> okay, so uh, so this is a person named Avocado. Uh, rap on TikTok, okay. which is probably could be this person's real name, and this person has a a innovative new theory on what we should do. The, the theme of this is puberty blockers, mm -hmm. and whether or not you know there's a controversy of whether or not kids, teenagers, are old enough to know what they are. Well, like and younger than that, because kids start taking puberty blockers when they're like twelve, just as Onset of puberty starts if kids feel that they're trans and that they don't want to go through puberty because that would make them feel uncomfortable with their body because heaven knows that nobody ever feels uncomfortable with their body in puberty just mm. in the normal course of events. Um, that you can then stop puberty for a while while you think about it. So, I mean, kids as young as probably like 12, roughly. Like whenever puberty would start, you can take puberty blockers. And uh, doctors have been prescribing puberty blockers to younger kids for what's called precocious puberty for years, mm. you know. So if you have like a kid who, who, for whatever reason, starts puberty when they're seven or something, you know, you would give them puberty blockers because that's really earlier than you want a kid to be going through puberty just for the health of their body, their mental health, um, their ability to like grow to a normal adult height, all things like that. So so then you prescribe puberty blockers until a normal age for puberty and then they, you know, go through puberty at that normal age. That being said, um, there are risks to taking them for too long a period of time. They can harm your bone density. They can... Um, you know, mess with your body in other ways um, that aren't fully and the understood. Ability to have kids too. Uh, well, that's more like the other, the the more hardcore uh, hormones that make you go through the opposite sex puberty. If that's what you decide you want to do. So, if you're a girl and you take testosterone, that more does that. It's not really known whether the puberty blockers themselves uh, cause infertility. They can cause your uh, genitalia to be underdeveloped as an adult, which uh, if you're a male and you ultimately end up deciding that you want to be male can be, you know, not great. Good for times. You to have. Um, but anyway, there is controversy about it. Like you said, any use of puberty blockers for trans kids is off label. They're not approved by the FDA for this use. Right. They have not been studied for long term use in children for the Jeez, amount of time that wow. trans kids take them. But in any case, what is going on? Is it one of our cars being stolen out of our driveway? I hope so. I mean, yeah, actually, <laughs> did so you do miss I. any of no, that? I no, don't know. please take them. <laughs> we should leave the keys in them. Um, okay, here's avocado wrap uh, mm -hmm. laying down the law. Or I propose that all children be put on puberty blockers before they hit puberty. If they're not trans, cool. They can get off puberty blockers and continue puberty as they were. And if they are trans, then you just save them a lot of emotional pain from the secondary sex characteristics they have. If you say that... Freaking little cracky vocal burn makes me want to... <laughs> I don't want to say it. Makes me want to confront avocado rap. Uh... <laughs> kids are too young to know whether or not they are trans. Then that means that kids are too young to know whether or not they are cis. It's two sides of the same coin, baby. We can't trust any kids to make any decisions. Not sure those are equal things. So. Uh, yeah. And by the way, you don't have to make any decision to go through puberty. It happens on its own. <laughs> it requires absolutely no input from you, which is why that's considered natural and normal. And we don't generally put kids on puberty blockers. But if you take the trans argument to its logical conclusion that you just can't possibly know what gender kids are by their genitals when they're born that there's just no way to tell it could be any gender whatsoever you can't tell by what they are when they're born then you know then that is obviously the logical conclusion then we should put all kids on puberty blockers because if gender is totally unrelated towards you know whether you have xy chromosomes or you know what's in your underwear then like what then then obviously yeah sure why not but that's you I mean so it's intellectually honest at least, but it's also right. insane. It's yes. this is you know, an argument made by crazy people.
Yes, I would say avocado wrap is uh, unfortunately not uh, the only one, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It feels like this. I've seen this argument made by a few people, actually. It, it's, it's psychotic. Okay, so SF49ers girl in 1986 uh, is now going to tell us about masks. Um, Hi, CDC. Fantastic that uh, those of us that are vaccinated can go outside without masks on. However, any guidance for how I can do that without looking like a Republican? Ooh, her Ooh, words burn. are like knives. Um, yeah, so the, you're seeing people do this now. Uh, what I, mean, I was going to say is that I am technically a fat, so it, it is my right to call out other fats. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm not going to cast aspersions or suggest that SF49 girl and is a fat as well. Mm-hmm. But I would say that uh, in order of priority of concerns about appearances, perhaps whether <laughs> or not she's a Republican is not maybe something that should be near the top. That's me doing a public service message as a fat. I'm not saying that she is. Well, the word fat has now been reclaimed by fat activists. So, you know, it's not necessarily a negative word to call someone fat anymore. It's not? No, they they're they reclaimed. But isn't it unhealthy? It. It's like queer. It's you know now people use queer as a positive. No, it's not unhealthy. That's that's why they don't like the word obese anymore because that medicalizes something that's a natural human condition that's just as good as being thin. And there's no reason why anybody should suggest that there's anything bad about being fat. So you can call yourself fat. And if somebody else sees a problem with uh, the word fat, then so that's can my their- people get our own pronouns? Um, maybe. Because I believe that the fats are marginalized, correct? Yes, definitely. Definitely marginalized. Yeah. The diet industrial complex, the fat phobia in the medical yep. industry. Year of our Lord 2002, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I, I went to, I applied as a bartender at this business that was filled with gorgeous, thin ladies and trim, handsome dudes as the bartenders. And I walked in and said, yeah, I was looking, to, I know you guys are about to open, I was looking, and they were all hanging out, like, in this room, mm-hmm. and I, like, and I said, oh, yeah, I was looking to be a bartender, and the woman said, uh, oh, um, and they were all knockout women, good-looking guys, and then fat, me, fatty, walks in, <laughs> and she's like, um, trying to use as much telepathy, telepathy <laughs> as possible to mm-hmm. say, listen, you know, and I know <laughs> that this ain't gonna happen. Uh, you know, uh, applicant the hut. Uh, so <laughs> maybe. So she's like, "Oh, I, I can give you an application." Her voice trailed off. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess I'll take it from you." And <laughs> I, and she's like, "Do you want to fill it out here?" She said, fruitlessly, knowing like that this this conversation, this transaction, had they had called the time of death. Uh, you know, as two seconds ago already. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, "No, I guess I'll take it to." go she's like okay well just bring it back sometime I'm like yeah i'll come i'll come back we all knew that it was over i wasn't gonna be a bartender there yeah i was discriminized alice yes for being a fat and i have no problem with it as a matter of fact because uh, you know they they can hire pretty people if they want to mm-hmm. and if i want to be a pretty person then i can be less of a fat and try again but now you're saying i have cause yeah, well, it's technically not. Oh no, a I have protected... legal not cause. I have legal sitting, suiting, standing, standing. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a legally recognized uh, protected well, that's category yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's maybe you should join bleep. in with the fat activists and yeah, see I'm if you going can to. see if you can get it added to the protected characteristics, like you know, race, gender, sexual orientation. I can get religion. another check yeah. from the government. Yeah, from uh, from so, a, an affliction. Not it's not even an affliction because no, it's I not an wrong affliction. No, but being there fat is, is a, great. There, but there are still bigots who consider it an affliction mm-hmm. and discriminate us. Yeah, exactly. And you know, say things and words are weapons. So I'm being physically, literally attacked mm-hmm. by these people. Right. Yeah. Well, this is and excellent. it has a real impact because you know a lot of fat activists believe, for example, that. The fact that COVID kills more fats 
is not actually related to anything that's caused by their weight itself per se, but by the fact that medical professionals don't take the medical concerns of fat people seriously because they're fat phobic. Mm -hmm. So their underlying conditions go untreated. (laughs) Alice, I have been called obese by a medical professional. My God. Yes. Several times, as a matter of fact. Wow. Wow. So these will all be lawsuits, several lawsuits. Mm-hmm. As soon as We're- you and your fellow fat activists uh, are able to get that added to. Uh- we are taking to the streets, Alice. I have had enough of this. I will not live under mm-hmm. the foot of the skinnies anymore. These days, the, the, the day of the fats is coming. It is. It is. You're the um, new civil rights movement, I would Before say. I start making phone, burning up the lines, Alice, uh, have you anything before we get out of here? Um, well, one thing that we haven't talked about that I have wanted to talk about is um, the Biden administration's latest anti-racism measure that they are pursuing, which is that they are going to ban menthol cigarettes. Right. That scourge of uh, African-Americans, uh, menthol cigarettes. So they've decided that uh, menthol cigarettes pose a unique public health risk to uh, African-Americans in the United States and that they are going to therefore ban them. Right. And according, so to, the CIA, legal- CDC, according to the CDC, it's right in there. I was I read it last week. Mm-hmm. The um, It's by far the favorite kind of cigarette for black Americans. Right. So Newport, Salem's, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that means that pot is legal because criminalizing drugs was bad and ended up with more black people going to jail. But um, menthol cigarettes are going to be illegal. And it in regards to there have been concerns from everybody from the ACLU to Black Lives Matter activists to conservatives saying, wait a minute. Does this mean you're going to be arresting black people for menthol cigarettes? And, you know, sometimes those arrests, because sometimes police interactions do, will end in uh, the death of Mm -hmm. the suspect. Because sometimes that happens with uh, police interactions. Uh, You know, take the Eric Garner one for selling a single cigarette. He was arrested. Yes, well, you're going to be making it criminal out of any person with a Mm -hmm. menthol cigarette. So they're assuring us. That that will not be the case. They are not going to go after the users of menthol cigarettes or, you know, individuals, but they are going to be going after, you know, dealers of menthol cigarettes, which, of course, we know was never the case with drug arrests that landed tons of black mm-hmm. people in jail and black kids. I believe Eric Garner was dealing uh, single cigarettes in front of that liquor store. Uh, yeah. So I just I find this so astounding in the face of like the whole last year that we had with all the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter stuff and all the policing stuff and all the talk about decriminalizing drugs because of all the people in jails for nonviolent drug offenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. All this discourse around this. And now they want to criminalize something that's used almost. I mean, I won't say almost exclusively, but it. You know, by a majority black people in the United States. Yes, this like, is the, this is the exact. These are the not only cultural but political, social justice forces now, mm-hmm. who have been telling us again and again about systemic racism. Now, creating something that they would absolutely, precisely define as systemic racism. Right, the, but to them, the systemic racism is you know. Black people getting lung cancer because they're choosing to smoke menthol cigarettes. They've been targeted by the menthol right. cigarette industry. So now we're going to go after them. No. It's not just black people living their lives and making a decision like everybody right. else who smokes cigarettes, making a decision to smoke cigarettes, even though they know the health risks because it's right. what they feel like doing. And this is a free country. Exactly. For crying out loud. You work hard every day on a, fr- a Friday afternoon. You know, you want to have a beer. You bust your ass. You want to have a beer and maybe a smoke. And so... The guy having the Bud Light and the Marlboro uh, Marlboro Light uh, is fine, and the guy having a Bud Light in a Newport now gets uh, rousted by the cops. And that right. person is most likely going to be, or is more likely to be a black person. But we're doing it to Good save job. the black people from themselves, because this is the nanny state, and this is what we need to do to come step in and do that. But that being said, I don't want to end the show on a negative note. Because oh, something, it, you have something else? It is Easter. Okay. And so I just want to quickly Oh, Alice, don't don't read a religious text, please. Okay, what's happening? 
I just okay. Well, okay. What did you want to do? What did you want to do? Well, I just wanted to say a couple words from Saint John Chrysostom. Go ahead. Sorry, because Christ is risen, and you, O death, are annihilated. Christ is risen, and the evil ones are cast down. Christ is risen, and all the angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life is liberated. Christ is risen, and the tomb is emptied of its dead. For Christ. Having risen from the dead is become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Okay. So Thank Christ you. is risen. And that is a good preview of Alice's own other podcast that she'll <laughs> be doing when we'll be doing that kind of stuff, because that is not what we do in this podcast. But happy well, Easter. Thank you. It is Easter and Christ yes. is risen. Yes. That, okay, good. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow. And uh, this has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. He's Tom Shattuck and I'm Alan Shattuck. And we are on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We're also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. And you can find us at BurnBarrelPodcast.com. If you prefer Gab and Parlor, we're at Burn Barrel Podcast on there. And you can email us, BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel that is uh, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel there on YouTube where you can watch the videos, comment, like, subscribe, all those things. And my uh, Substack, where you can read about mm-hmm. Hannah Dustin. Very interesting and action-packed uh, particular uh, posting. See it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.